Hello and welcome to another episode of That 60s Recording Podcast, the podcast that has conversations inspired by the golden era of recording. This week is part two of my conversation with Ron Ryan, a songwriter and 60s session musician um, who wrote for, most notably, the Dave Clark Five. Um, His songs have also been covered by Julian Lennon and a whole host of other people um, which we get into. Um, I can't remember which of the conversations it is. It might be this one or it might be next week's. <laughs> I edited this yesterday, all right, so I, I can't remember. Um, okay, so uh, we're just going to dive into it straight into part two of my conversation with Ron Ryan. tell you about because uh, we the, the first row that me and Dave had I mean I'd known him a few years and we got we got on quite well but he was getting more big headed and he was getting more of a monster we, we we're getting ready to do another single you see <coughs> Dave says right what have you, I want you to write another single run we, we're getting ready to go in the old studio so okay so um I was thinking, and I thought, I don't know. It's getting, it's getting a little bit of a rut, you know. Yeah. Got bits and pieces, and, and glad all over a lot of songs like that. I said, it's, it's all one, what? It's a one trick pony, you know. So anyway, I thought I'd, I'd write a ballad. So, cut a long story short, I wrote because, and I, I phoned Mick up, and. Um, um, and I phoned Dave up rather. He got Mick round, and um, he, he, I played him the song. You say I have to play on the piano because I can't. I still can't play on guitar. <laughs> the chords, no, the chords. I can't. You know, there's there's an augmented chord on there that I can't play. Mm-hmm. I can play on the piano, <laughs> but I can't play on guitar because it, it goes like C A flat augmented. Then it goes to I think it's A minor and F F and F minors. You know yeah. I can I can I I can play some of the chords but not all of them. You know because yeah. I heard it in my head, and as I heard it in my head, that second chord I thought I, I had no clue what that is on the guitar. So <laughs> I thought well I'll sit down at the piano because I can work it out on the piano because I've got the sound of the chord in my head. You see, and I just. I know roughly where the notes are that to make that chord sound, and then I went, ah, there it is, ah, that's it. I put that in there, and that's it, and I got the chord. You see. Anyway, I sat at the piano and I played it to the wife, and um, first she heard it first, and she said, "I said, what do you reckon?" She said, "Oh, it's a nice song." She said, "Not as nice as because um, sometimes." You, um, by the way, if you haven't heard that. That was one of the first songs I wrote with Banner. We had an agreement. That was before I wrote a song for the band, actually. Because yeah. um, he, he knew I, I was beginning to write songs, and he, 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 he said, uh, that's another story. But um, um, I, I wrote um, Sometimes, and um, Oliver Reed recorded it yeah. as a single. Uh, if you go on YouTube, you can hear it. Beg your pardon? I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Uh, that was the first one. Of course, he's got Dave Clark's name along with mine on it. <laughs> and um, 
and she said, oh, oh, that's my favourite, still is. She likes that one best out of all the songs. Hundreds and hundreds of songs are written, but um, she likes that one best. Mm. And anyway, Mike said, oh, I like that, that's great. Dave said, I, I'm not too keen, Ron. I said, what do you mean, you're not too keen? I said, it's a bloody good song, if I say so myself. Mike <laughs> said, yeah, yeah, it is good, Ron, yeah. Um, and Dave glared at him, and Mike shut up. <laughs> oh no, he was like I tell you, he was like Hitler in the band. I tell you, I'm not joking. He he, he said, um, no, we'll, we'll, we'll probably use it as a B side or an album track as a filler. And I went mad. I said, Dave, Dave, Dave. I said, you're wrong, wrong, wrong. And he said, what do you mean I'm bloody wrong? And this, I said, look, I said you're you're in danger of being typecast when Dave Clark fired bang 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 or as my dad used to say when he used to listen I said the last thing that people will expect you to come out with it is a ballad the very last thing yeah when they say this is Dave Clark latest release blah 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 and that comes on I said they'll go into shock not only they go into shock they'll go into shock buy the bugger <laughs> I said, you know, it's it's so different that what, you know, it's it's about and and don't forget at that time all the bands were doing up tempo stuff. Yes. You know, out of the blue comes a ballad. Last thing I said, not only that day because I always wrote for the American market. All, all the songs of Dave Love were written not for British. It was written for the American because that was the biggest market. Yeah. And that proved to be the right thing to do. So, um, and I said, Dave, I said, not only would the fans like it, I said, more importantly, I said, for the first time ever, the mums and dads of the fans might like it. Interesting, yeah. I said, they might like it because it's a ballad. They might change their mind about it, Dave Clark 5, and start buying the records. I said, there could be a brand new market there. And it proved to be right because I've lost count of the emails I've had over the years and letters I've had over the years saying, that's our song. We had it played at our wedding. Uh -huh. I mean, Paul Schaefer, um, the keyboard player on the, uh, is it not the Lemon, is it one of the big, Johnny Carson show, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, um, he, he had it played at his wedding because he's a big Dave Clark fan, uh, Dave Clark 5 fan. And, um, but... We had a round. We had we had a stand up round about it, and at the end he says, "You're wrong, Ron," and he put it on the B side. The first time it come out, right, it come out as a B side. <laughs> I was I called him more. We had a bigger row on that after. I'll tell you, um, um, and uh, <coughs> um, afterwards, of course, when it when we started. People started turning the record over and playing the B side more than the A side. <laughs> In a recent poll, the most played song, the song and sold on iTunes and downloads and everything else, and the Dave Clark Five is because. Wow. Well, it's yeah, outsold bits and pieces, glad all over. <laughs> why Why do you think that is? It's just got a bit, because it's got a, a more meaning to it. It's not just a... You know, it's not just this sort of throwaway 
song, is it? It's got a bit more there's, of a... There's something, there's, there's something magical. I mean, to be honest with you, it's been an albatross on my, on my shoulders ever since. Because every time I write a song, people say, oh, it's great, but it's not as good as it because... <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's... And, and the big... But the saddest thing is my, my name's not on it. Yeah. Because at that time, well, there's a long story behind there, but uh, um, it's got Dave Clark as well. I didn't even put, I don't think you put Mick Smith on it, just put Dave Clark. Wow. You know, and, uh, but the, another sad bit, um, I mean, it's been recorded by over 30 artists, including um, the Supremes done a version. Oh, I've not heard that one. Supreme, not very good. Supreme, <laughs> bloody album they'd done. It was called The Best of Liverpool or something. Oh, goodness. And it's got because in there. What's that got to do with Liverpool? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, Mantovani done it. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of... I email him now and again, but he's got such an ego. Mm. Um, what was his face? Um, Peter Noon. He'd done a very good version of it. With with um, with the band you know, Hermes Hermits, yes, and um, but the, the, the over thirty artists have done it. Um, why is it so popular? Why is it so popular? I think it's I don't know. Um, it's simple, yes, and simple is the hardest thing to do. You know, to get a thing off, and and I borrowed something from Max Miller. Do you know Max Miller? I've heard of Max Miller. I haven't, no. Uh, Max Miller, who I made a little note of this on the side, because he's on YouTube, yeah. was Britain's highest paid comedian in the 30s. Oh, okay. And I used a little thing that he used when telling jokes. He, he would emphasize, he would underscore key words in the joke. He would go along and say, I was walking down the street and I saw this blonde and she had long blonde hair, long blonde hair. He would repeat it. So you'd, he's drawing a picture in people's minds. Yeah. So I said, it's right that I should care about it. It's right. It's right. I said it twice <laughs> because, because I love you. I underscored the key words. Interesting. Okay, yeah. listen to the song, you'll hear what I mean. They're underscored. So as you go along, it's simple. And when I wrote it and I looked at it on paper, I thought, there's nothing there. <laughs> you know, <coughs> I should write <coughs> another middle eight. I should write another verse. And I thought, no, why? It tells a story. That is it. That, and not only that, is the chord structure. Mm-hmm. That chord structure is brilliant. If I say so, you'll never hear me brag, but I'll <laughs> brag about that. No, that that chord structure is just right. That is that is wonderful. Uh, that helps yeah. because when you're doing orchestrations behind it, you know you can bring out all the the way the way it flows between you know majors and minors and all menses. No, it's. Uh, it's good, and it, and not only that, you play it today. It still, without bragging again, it still sounds good. Well, yeah, exactly, absolutely does, yeah. And um, and that, and and it's the same with the last song I wrote. As I said, any way you want it, 
I generally write in this all in my head, and then I get it all down on paper, and I just put the first lyrics that come to my mind as a rule, and then I do what I call polishing. I, I go around there and say, no, that's not, that don't scan right. Yeah. No, that, no, no, I'll change it to this, and I'll change it to that. Then I'll go back to it, and I, no, I'll get to, but when I've done any way you want it, I just scribbled down on a bit of cardboard, actually, that was on the on the table. I think it was an old Weebix box or something. I just ripped it up and, and just wrote down the first um, thing to come in my head. And when I looked down at what I wrote, it was like fonds. Do you remember Happy Days? Yeah, I do, yeah. You know when he used to go to Comey's air and he used to say, no, it's perfect, I don't bother, you know. Yeah. And it was like that. I looked at the, at the words and thought, that's not Shakespeare, but it works. <laughs> you know, and yeah. and that's that. That's that. word for word as I wrote it. But that any way you want it. Getting back to that, nobody asked what it was about. Dave, Dave didn't ask. Mick didn't ask. Um, nobody, nobody queried what what the song was all about. Any way you want it, you can come. And do you know what it was about? It was about a. Karma Sutra. <laughs> that, that was a book that was banned. Yes. Okay? You couldn't buy it. It was banned. You couldn't get it in the library. It was banned. The ban was lifted. I bought it. Uh, very interesting book. Any way you want it is based on the Karma Sutra. It's about sex. Yeah, and I guess... It's it, about sexual positions. If nobody That's asked, what I wrote it about. It never got played if anybody knew that. No, no, it was as, as I so will help my friends with the Beatles. <laughs> if they knew what it meant, but no, they got it through, and I got that through. You know, I yeah. said to Ray Davis of the Kings, I said, I've written a song for Dave Clark, I said, I'll tell you what, I, it's never going to get through. <laughs> never going to get through to this. He says, what, what's it called? I said, any way you want to. He said, you're joking. I said, no, no, I said, he said, no, they'll jump on that. I said, no, no, no. But nobody, nobody did. Went right through. Wow. Nobody's ever said anything about it. Fantastic. They just took it as face value. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have a Do you have a particular style that you you prefer writing in? Um, no. You just it's whatever. Because when I think of no. you know going through the you know, research for our conversations and listening through everything you've written, it tends to a lot of it's got a real rhythmic sort of feel to it but obviously we're talking there's a well, few I'll, I'll, what, I'll, what I'll do is later on today I'll send you some more of my songs and then if you can if you can pigeonhole me I'll be very very happy to hear about it <laughs> because I've I, I've I've written blues I've written country I've written love songs religious I'll send you religious songs right. I've written religious songs okay yeah um I've written songs, there's a, a song I'll send you, Stand By for a Bombardment, that I'll send you. It's called The Light. Okay. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> I do not know what the bloody thing's about. Everybody I play it to likes it. I say, what's it about? They said, oh, it's religious. No, interesting. Or it's this, or it's that. And I say, well, I say it's. Like they say, well, what's it about? I say it's modern art in music form. <laughs> I said it's abstract. It's what you want it to be. Yes. I said I don't know. I don't know what the hell it come into my head and demanded to be written because <laughs> a lot, 
No, it sounds weird. I mean, there's songs, I'll send you songs until you tell me to stop, because I've got hundreds of them, I, you know, that, that um, I've written, that I, I started in the 60s writing it, and nearly finished it, and thought, nah, nah don't bother with that. And in recent years, they've come back to haunt me, and they say, you know, I, I know I was saying like a nutcase, but it, that they're saying, you know, why have you forsaken me? You know, I'm here. Yeah, they're still, <laughs> still in there. <laughs> you know, I, I demand that you finish it. So I've had to finish it and bloody record it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll send you some, you know, to show you. Oh, please do, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear them. So um, I've um, I've written every... Well, there's a, even... Well, not even... Light opera, I suppose, All My Love. All my love, you have all my love, all my love. You know, it's it's more or less opera. Mm. Um, forever is 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 not opera, but it's like a show tune. Um, did I send you forever? I don't think I did. No, no you didn't. You, it's just, you sent me some pictures, and that was all. Yeah, no, I, I'll send you some, and then you can see. And they're not bragging. That I don't stick to one style. You know. There's folk music, there's country, there's religious, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and, and um, I mean, you, 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 you go, if you go on to Jim Lamb on um, um, when you're on YouTube, I, I think I told you Jim Lamb yeah. um, sings Ron Ryan. He's done an album ah. for my songs, and um, I think that's for sale actually because oh. between you between you well I won't say too much but uh, I think he needs some money but uh, I'll say to him whatever that makes you have you know yeah. uh, uh, not not the songwriting but uh, the sound because they're only downloads you know they yeah. don't charge much but um, um, and, and 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 their country their oh, I mean my, my one I like at the moment is done by a, a, a a uh, friend of mine in New Jersey, um, John Cortez, who's done a lot of my stuff, mm-hmm. and um, it's kind of um, 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 how do you explain it? Um, Las Vegas lounge kind of thing. Oh, okay, that kind of thing. What? So obviously, in in the the way that sort of music worked in the sixties was the the recording studios weren't commonplace so you, you got the record no, deal no. in order to get uh in order to get recording time no I, I used um the one i used and you're gonna laugh at this but the one i used was not at this one Highbury studios if you want to look up Highbury studios run by a, a, a very eccentric bloke called curly clayton okay i've heard that name yeah, um, if you want to look that up online, I used to use that for my demos. Okay. But he he was very... But also, I think it was the first first place the Stones um, recorded it. Ah, interesting. But you look up on the net because you'll find that interesting. But, uh, uh, and I, the other one I used, probably most of all, was Regent Sounds in Denmark Street. Yes, yeah. Everybody, everybody used that. So was that quite a small place? Cause I, I... Oh yeah, it was small. I mean, there wasn't many recording studios. Uh, but the biggest, but the biggest laugh is, uh, 
that there was a studio within a mile or so from where I lived. And, um, uh, but I wouldn't go there because I heard the bloke was a nutcase. <laughs> and the bloke was Joe Meek. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Did you, you know, did I, you I heard so many stories about him. I thought, no, I've got enough nutters in my life without another one. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever work with Joe Meek or not? No, no. No, funny enough, my band, The Riot Squad, when I left and I was replaced by an unknown singer called David Bowie, <laughs> um, they did do some recordings at, at Joe Meeks. Yes, I'd rather. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so his uh, reputation preceded him? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I heard that he was absolutely in that case, and I, I, I couldn't be bothered, you know, with... I've got two studios that I use anyway, and um, I, I was I, I, and I knew Bill, who ran, uh, who was the engineer at Regent Sound. I knew him well, and he was a good mate of mine. So uh, you know, I got to know him well. So he, he used to fit me in. I used to go down there with me guitar and do a demo. You know. Yeah. Is that so? I was going to ask you about the demo process. Was that mainly just you know, like a, either acoustic or electric guitar and vocals? And oh no, acoustic. I used to use acoustic guitar, but mainly I used to take my band in. I had a band called the Walkers, mm -hmm. not the Walker Brothers, the Walkers, yeah. and um, they used to they used to come in and um, uh, and, uh, and play the songs I wrote, you know. And would you just record it all live together at the same time? More or less. I mean, it was only a four-track. Okay. So there was no no real overdubbing or, or you know that. So I used to split the tracks. Well, you know all about that. I, I'm not all up on that, but uh, mm -hmm. I used to perform wonders with four-track machines. <laughs> <laughs> and what was what would you then do with those demos? What was the purpose of demos? Well, the main thing is um, I was. I was punting, I was aimed to punt them around, but um, at that time, this is in the late 50s, early 60s, mm -hmm. um, my brother had joined the Dave Clark Five as a guitarist, and um, because he was young and he didn't drive, Dave used to come and pick him up. My brother was never ready, he's one of these, you know. <laughs> I won't be long, you know, and he spent about a quarter an hour in front of the mirror with his hair very vain. <laughs> and uh, the big laugh is he's nearly bald now. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I, I used to sit there with Dave and we'd have a cup of tea and all this, that and the other. Um, we got chatting and he's, he, he was doing some film extra work. Okay. And um, <clears throat> he said he's doing a film with Oliver Reed. And um, if you want to write this down or whatever, yeah, yeah. if you go on YouTube and put Oliver Reed, sometimes, okay, let's mm -hmm. name the song. Well, this is in 1962, I think it was, something like that, or 61. <coughs> 62, I, I, yeah, I've got it here. Yeah, That's I, cool. I, I wrote, uh, um, I, I was into writing then, mm -hmm. and Dave said, well, if I can place it, We'll go 50-50 on the songwriting, yeah. which is crazy, really. But again, it, people say, you must have been mad to even entertain it. I said, don't forget, this was the early, late 50s, early 60s. It was all new. Nobody knew anything, you know. Yeah. Um, 
you was just, I mean, bands were going in to make records. Um, uh, they didn't worry about getting paid or anything like that. But I mean, we're recording, you know, and that, that was it, you know. Uh, just to make the record, the money, that's when all the managers and agents made their money, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, anyway, I wrote this song and he got it He got it to um, Oliver Reed and Oliver Reed had it out as an A-side. And got Dave Clark's name on it as well. Bastard. <laughs> uh, but uh, there you go. So, uh, and then I was going to punt stuff around, but then the band started... Dave, he was come round. My brother had left by then, but Dave and I were still friends, you see. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Would you mind if I come over and have a chat with you now and again about the band and this, that, and the other?" Yeah. And um, so he's, he's, he's come round. He said, "Oh, so I'm in danger of losing my contract recording." I said, "Why is that?" He said, "Well, he said the records ain't selling, you know." I said, "Well, the trouble is, you're doing some bloody awful things, you know." I mean. They done I Walk the Line, you know, the Johnny Cash song. Yeah. They've done it as instrumental. It's bloody awful. Nobody's going to buy that. And I, I and, um, and he was getting a bit upset. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll start writing. And <clears throat> you go in and see what you can make of them, you know. So I wrote <clears throat> one of the early ones I wrote was Mulberry Bush. Oh, yes. Which I took from the old Let's Go Down. Uh, going out of the Mulberry Bush you now, and I rewrote the lyrics, and it's out for copyright. And um, anyway, they done that, and they actually got on television with it. Um, and that was the first time that was on television. It was on my birthday, 20th April, I always remember. And um, anyway, it got them on television, and it got them known, you know, by being on television. And um, then Mick wrote Glad All Over which is a, between you and me, is a pinch from Carl Perkins. I don't know if you've ever heard Carl Perkins laid all over. I but, don't think I have, but I'm going to... No, but if you, if you go on, on YouTube, listen to um, Carl Perkins laid all over, you can see where he got it from, but uh, that's another story. <laughs> but anyway, that got me into it, and then, then I come up with bits and pieces and, and some other stuff, and away they went, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're, I mean, at the time writing and doing demos was just you know the the first first and foremost to try and get a record contract of some sort yes i was trying but in the end i i turned into the dave clark ghost rider that's writer that's what i turned into so i didn't get a chance really to um uh, write for anybody else Uh, as all my time really was I was concentrating on Dave Clark Five because I had a vested interest. I mean, I was down for fifty percent of my own songs, all right, <laughs> and fifty percent of the record me- uh, mechanicals. You know, where they pay, and I was down for fifty percent of that, and it was on a handshake and all that. And um, but <laughs> some friends you trust, and they bite you in the arse, you know. <laughs> Okay, part two of my conversation with Ron Ryan. I hope you've enjoyed that. Um, I would like to say a huge thank you to everybody that has bought one of the lovely enamel mugs that we have. And if you'd like to get your hands on one, you can do that at my website, allyouneedisdrums.com, and there is a shop there. 
I'm suddenly feeling incredibly guilty that I've just launched straight into a spiel. I didn't have any other news to report, so I'm just, just launching straight into the, the last thing. <laughs> the last thing that I do, I'm sorry. Um, but if you'd like to buy a mug, you can do that there. There's also a load of other free stuff on that website. There's loads of free drums up there, and you can get in touch with me um, about sessions and the podcast if you've got any suggestions, or if you'd like to just say, hey, you can do that through my website. Um so that just leaves me to say a big thank you to Rory Hancock for putting the podcast together, to Joe Kane for the intro and outro music, and to David Henshaw for the artwork he supplies every week. Have a fantastic week, and I will see you next Tuesday with part three. Goodbye! Goodbye.